0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're tuned in to the Todd Coconato Show, otherwise known as The Remnant, one of the most listened to podcasts in the Christian community. You can visit our website, ToddCoconato.com, and now broadcasting live around the world from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. Here's the host of the show, Pastor Todd Coconato.
1: I don't like to argue over doctrinal variances. Doctrinal variances. Why do you want to talk about that, Todd? Well, because we're in a battle. We're in a war. And we're going to discuss this today because I have a post on social media that's kind of gone viral about this. And I realized I touched a chord here. You know, sometimes you don't realize you're going to touch a cord and then a bunch of people start writing you and saying, thank you, thank you for writing this, thank you for putting this up. And then I realize there's actually a lot more people dealing with this than I ever realized. Doctrinal variances. What do you mean, Pastor Todd? That sounds boring. Well, actually, it's not. Let me read the post and then we're going to get into this, okay? We're in such a battle right now. Do you see it? It is all around us. And the last thing we as Christians need to be doing is arguing over age-old doctrinal variances. I'm not talking about heresy. People are going to say, well, you're not calling out heresy. No, I call out heresy. I'm talking about areas of theological differences within the body of Christ, matters that are not, I repeat, not heaven or hell salvation issues. Yes, we do call out false prophecy. We do call out false teachers, okay? But that's not what I'm talking about here. See, some people believe in women preachers, some don't. Some people believe in what's called the pre-trib rapture. Some don't. Some people believe that Christians can actually have demons. Many, many people don't, but some people do. We need to take these matters to the Lord. We need to seek his heart on these matters. I can give you my opinion from a theological standpoint. I have an opinion on these, and I speak about these issues. Okay? But there are some things... There will always be, listen to this, some things that will always be debated until we go home to be with the Lord. The church is never gonna come to a full agreement on these things. I wish that it would. Somebody argued me, they said, well, you know, I feel like women preachers are super important. Well, so do I. I'm not against women preachers, but there are many people that aren't. And so I'm not gonna be able to change their mind as much, you know, I may change some of their minds. I may change one or two of their minds or a few of their minds, but there are gonna be people that are dug in on this. And they're good friends of mine, by the way. Good friends of mine. And I'm not going to say they're not going to heaven because I believe they love the Lord and they're going to heaven. It's not a heaven or hell issue. Do you understand? Some of you say, well, I don't believe in women preachers. You're you're listening to this broadcast. You say, I don't. But you know what? It's not a heaven or hell issue for me either. It's a doctrinal variance. Just like the pre-trib and the post-trib and the mid-trib rapture. You're not going to not go to heaven because you believe that the rapture is going to be mid-trib or post-trib. That's not going to you know, keep you out of heaven for that. That's not a heaven or hell issue. So there are some things that will always be debated until we go home to be with the Lord. And I'm not your enemy if you don't see eye to eye with me on one of these areas. I respect your views, by the way. I respect your views. Uh, I came up under a guy named Dr. Jack Hayford He used to say, let's focus on the 98% of things that we agree on rather than the 2% that we don't. Right now, we're in a war. I want everybody that's listening to this to understand this. Some call it a culture war. It's actually a spiritual war. And we need to stand together. If we're in Christ, if if we're part of the body of Christ, I'm not talking about people that are in heresy. I'm not talking about false Christians. I'm talking about real Christians. If you love the Lord, we need to stand together. We need to know who the real enemy is because it's not other believers. I see believers all day online. I know you do too. Mudslinging, attacking. They spend, in fact there's people that spend their whole day doing this. Meanwhile, the enemy keeps advancing. We need to stop attacking each other. We can agree to disagree on some of these doctrinal variations. We can't get distracted. Don't get distracted. That's what they want. While the Bible does not explicitly say not to argue over Scripture, it does provide guidance on how believers should approach disagreements and disputes within the body of Christ. Here's a few relevant passages. 2 Timothy 2, 23-24. 2 Timothy 2, 23-24. It says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. What about Titus 3.9? Titus 3.9, it says, but avoid controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law, because these are unprofitable and useless. That's Titus 3.9. What about James 1, 19 through 20? James 1, 19 through 20. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. What about Romans 14, 1? Romans 14, 1. It says, except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. See, these passages emphasize the importance of avoiding pointless arguments and quarrels over non-essential matters of faith. Instead, believers are encouraged to be kind, patient, quick to listen, seeking unity, understanding within the body of Christ. Unity and understanding within the body of Christ. Now, while healthy discussions and debates about Scripture are beneficial for learning and growth, it's crucial to maintain a spirit of humility, love, love, teachability and respect toward one another, recognizing that unity in Christ is paramount. People are always trying to pull me into these different arguments, friends. I'm not gonna do it. I'm too focused on soul winning and the real battle at hand. If they wanna have a kind discussion, I would love to speak with them. This is not the world. We're the body of Christ and we need to act like Christ. Do you agree with that? Listen, I understand that there's folks on here and you just want to argue about women preachers. And I get it. Listen, it's, it's an important topic to you. I believe it's important to God. But the deal is, I'm just going to be honest with you. Can I be honest? We're not, going to, we're not going to be able to come to an agreement as a full body of Christ on this, probably until the Lord takes us home. And then we can ask him. And, and I would encourage everybody to ask him now. And I always say, I, I don't believe that God would have half the body of Christ handcuffed and, and not able to speak. But, you know, there are some scriptures that make a good point in the direction that there shouldn't be women preachers. So there's, there's you can have a, a debate with scripture on both sides of this. And so uh, there are people that are dug in, and they're going to be dug in. And you know what? It's not a heaven or hell issue. Meanwhile, our nation is under attack. Our southern border is open. And uh, there's people that are saying in the intel community and in the uh, law enforcement community that there's more red flags right now than 9-11, before 9-11. And so uh, we need to be praying. There's people all over our country that are desperate right now, that are on opioids, that are on fentanyl, that that are addicted to methamphetamine. Their families are being just ravaged, destroyed by these drugs and the addictions and the things. I mean, I, I see it all the time. We barely talk about it in the church. We barely talk about the divorce rate and how the church's divorce rate is almost exactly the same as the world's divorce rate. How can that change? How can we get better? How can can we pray for healings in marriages? How can we hold folks accountable? How can we get people fired up for the Lord? You know, what I find in the church is that there's a lot of people that are very lackadaisical about their faith. They have a lot of apathy. They go to church on Sunday, but they're not on fire for God. They have a lot of doubt They still have fear. They haven't had an encounter with God. There are are many issues right now. You know, the U.S. dollar is losing its global reserve status. I talk about this sometimes. That the world is de-dollarizing. Look at Russia and China and the BRICS nations. The the world order is changing. Christianity is coming under attack by the globalists, by the elites. Christianity is, is right in their bullseye. They hate biblical Christianity. I was talking with George Barna at NRB recently, and he was telling me the statistics of how many Christians are actually really biblical. And the numbers are staggering. It's less than 10%. Even preachers, less than 10% are teaching and preaching the entirety of the Word of God. I think it was just like a, a ridiculous number like one in eight preachers are actually preaching a biblical worldview. One in eight? Now, I'm not George Barnett, he knows the statistics better than me, but it was a staggering number, a staggering number, staggering number about the people that are addicted to different things that are in the pulpit. Addiction is rampant. There hasn't been true deliverance in many people. So these are the people that are in the pulpit. I'm not even talking about the congregants, the parishioners. I'm talking about the preachers. So when we sit here and we argue about these doctrinal variances and we, we, pigeonhole ourselves by getting into like a a little sect of of Christianity where we agree. And meanwhile, we've got this war on our faith and our freedoms and our religious liberties. And many folks, we're infighting. We're so busy infighting that we're not taking on the actual enemy. We need to be pulling down the strongholds. In this nation, we got to get people saved. The hour is extremely late. We got to start having tent crusades again. And we've got to open up the, uh, the altars at our churches. You know, we, we don't want it just a motivational message. We want people to be encountering God. We want a transformative experience when they come to church, that they feel the fire of God. And in order for us to do this, we've got to refocus. We've got to course correct. And I know I'm preaching to the choir on this broadcast, but I'm just telling you, I've seen more infighting on social media in the last couple of years, and I have to tell you, it even turns me off, and I'm a seasoned Christian. So imagine what it does to folks in the world. See, what the Internet has done is it's exasperated certain things. It's caused there to be skewing and an over-enunciation on certain things. And so now you've got these heresy hunters and all these people online that are angry. You have anger about something, maybe something that you experienced in the church. And listen, that could be church hurt, and it could be legitimate. But the deal is we have to refocus. And remember, this is, this is the audience of one that we want to please, the God of heaven and earth. And what does he say? He says, you know them by their fruit, you know them by their love. And there are, there are so many folks right now that need Jesus. And listen, there's a lot of people in this election year that are putting all their hope in the election. They're putting all their hope in a political candidate. And while I'm you know, definitely gonna be involved, As I always am, I believe that Christians need to be involved in the political sphere. That's not where I have my hope. That's not where I'm putting my, I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. Because you know what? It's going to let you down if you do. What America needs is a great awakening, a great end time harvest. People are hungry for truth. They want to hear the truth. They inherently know that they're in sin. They inherently know that that we're on a collision course with destruction, that, that we're going off a moral cliff. But people don't know where to turn. They've been told many things. They've been inundated with information. They've been inundated with images and movies and all different types of programming and propaganda. And so for the Christian, who is the spirit-filled, on-fire believer in Jesus Christ, we have the authority to, to get rid of the deception in these folks, to open their eyes, to set the captive free. The Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And so as we sit here and think about all the wicked plans and the evil plans that the enemy has, well, God has plans too. And I want to lock into God's plans. I want to align myself with his plans. See, if I focus all day on what's wrong, what's wrong, who said this, who said that, who believes this, who believes that, and listen, I'm not saying don't call out heresy. We have to. The Bible says to expose works of darkness, to expose evil. And so I'm all about it. We, we spent a lot, good portion of last year dealing with so, much of the chaos that's going on. So trust me, you're preaching the choir. If you say, no, we got to expose it, Pastor Todd. Yes, the Bible says that, but we don't live in that place because if we start living in that place, we, we stop doing the main thing. We stop doing the great commission, which is go and make disciples of the nation and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's no atheists in foxholes. Do you know that? When you're in a war, there's no atheists there because you know what? You got to pray. And right now we're in a war. And and the war is, is for our mind and our soul and the soul of this nation, the soul of our kids. They're coming after our kids. Don't you see it? They're coming after them with demonic curriculums. Propaganda and demonic curriculums. That are trying to get these kids to be socialist communists. That are trying to, trying to take them away from our faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, you better believe that's what it is. They're, they're not even teaching them what they should as far as from an educational standpoint. Uh, look, at the, look at the schools and the tests that are, that are coming out. They're abysmal. American kids are, are testing so low or we're, we're failing against other nations like China and other nations where these kids are highly educated. Our, our kids are failing. Why? It's, it's a moral problem. It's a heart problem. They're being taught lies. And while the Christians are infighting and the Christians are slinging arrows at each other and, and mud at each other, and the people online are watching this and saying, well, that's Christianity. I don't want that. What are we showing people? Are we showing them the joy, the peace that passes understanding? The joy of the Lord is our strength. We should be happy people. We should be joyful. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're heaven bound. We're always living in view of eternity. Why are so many of us heavy laden, sad, depressed, anxious, fearful? That's because the lies of the enemy have somehow taken root in our hearts. And we've allowed this. And I'm speaking to you right now. Somebody's hearing this and you're saying, you know what? This preacher's speaking truth. This isn't an easy message. Again, we do call out heresy. We do call out false preachers and and things. I I try not to, uh, usually it's the doctrine that I call out, you know, because I don't want to be super divisive. Sometimes I do mention a name, but it's only when the Lord says that. But for the most part, I'm going to try my very best to do everything I can to, to get somebody to change before I go public about it. That's called grace and mercy. We need to have more of it. More of it in the body of Christ. A lot of people don't have it anymore. God had it on us. God gives it to us. I see these people on these posts. My goodness, they're vicious, and they think they're operating as a Christian. Vicious people, people saying horrible, vicious things, thinking that they're walking around as a Christian. Well, that's not a Christian friend. If you're if you're walking around condemning and judging people in a vicious manner on social media, let me tell you, you're not a reflection of Christ. Oh yeah, he did. He did flip tables. There's a time for righteous anger. I'm not saying there's not. But you can't treat people the way that you do and expect that people to, to want Christ. If you're vicious and mean spirited, that's not Christian. Now, again, being nice doesn't mean you're Christian either, but you got to show the love of Christ. It says, Love even your enemies. You got patience. That's a fruit of the Spirit. Long suffering, kindness. These things are fruits of the Spirit. Because. When you're, when you're vicious and you're, all you're doing is spouting out vitriol online, that, that's not going to turn one person to Jesus Christ. What, what makes people think that, that that's going to turn them to Jesus? See, we got to be soul winners, and soul winners means that we are all things to all people. doesn't mean we compromise the message. doesn't mean that we compromise our walk in any way, shape, or form. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What it does mean is we show the love of Christ. we got to show the love of Christ, friends. It's that agape love. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. See, there's a a deception online. There's a deception where folks think they're operating as a Christian. Not if you're mean-spirited, not if you're haughty, not if you're angry, not if you're prideful. That is actually the anti-fruit. Somewhere along the lines, you bought into a lie. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, and I can go through verse by verse and show you. We do it all the time. I mean, I just did a broadcast not too long ago about how how you know a true Christian. You know them by their fruit, and you know them by their love. You can instantly tell when somebody is, is in the Spirit, and you're in the Spirit, and you guys meet. I mean, I'm telling you, it's like you don't even need to know them well. You can tell they've been in the presence of the Lord. When somebody's been in the presence of the Lord, it's on their countenance. It's it's obvious. Now, do we get off track as human beings? Sure, probably every day. But this is why we got to tap back in. We got to plug into the spirit of God. We got to be in the presence of the Lord and ask the Lord to recharge us, to strengthen us, to fill us, to anoint us. Lord, anoint me with your presence. Anoint me with your glory. The, The world is meant to distract you The the, the enemy wants to torment your mind. He wants your mind to be so messed up. That's why it says don't be conformed to the things of this world. There has to be a transformation and it starts in your mind. That's why the devil's coming after your mind. And when when Christians are, are slandering and attacking one another online, that is the enemy absolutely loves it because he is the one that sows division. It's not sowing division to call out false doctrine. It's not sowing division to call out false prophecy. But what it is sowing division is when there's a a Christian that actually loves the Lord and is doing their best. Yes, they make some mistakes, but they're honestly, they're open, they're teachable, they're doing their best, and, and yet somebody's slandering them. Well, what good does that do? Go to the person. Go to the person and see if you can win them over. And, and, and there's got to be more of this happening because, unfortunately, the world is watching online. And now online, it's like, it's like if you ever talk to a, a server at a restaurant, they'll tell you this. This is very sad but true. They say people come in after church. They're rude. They're disrespectful. They give bad tips. Everybody gets out of the church. Now, I'm not saying this is everybody. Maybe it's not you. But a lot of Christians, they get out of service. They go to the local restaurant, wherever they go. And they're rude, they're disrespectful, they're angry, and they give a poor tip. And here's the server said, wow, some Christians, these people are. Well, that's the same thing when they watch online, your cousin, your uncle, your, your, your grandson, whoever it is. And they say you out there, Mr. Self-Righteous Super Saint, condemning and judging everybody from a position of a high horse. And yet, meanwhile, you got a plank in your own eye. He says, don't worry about the speck in someone else's eye when you got a plank in your own eye. You're, you're still drinking. You're, you're still partying. You're still watching R-rated movies, X-rated movies, pornography, and yet here you are slinging mud. Somewhere along the way, you thought that you, you got a better deal than everybody else, that you don't have to do those things, that you don't have to repent. You don't have to be kind. You don't have to show the love of Christ. Where'd that come from? That's false. We're going to stand before the throne one day, and we're going to have to answer for each and every one of our own actions. And so while we're we're so busy looking at everybody else, we haven't even got our own house in order. I don't know who I'm talking to today. And so that's why this this, uh, message, this blog went viral. It went viral because it, it bears witness in a lot of people's spirit and they see the vitriol and they see the attacking online and they're just as fed up with it as I am. Many people said, I stopped even going to church because of this. Because they were so caught up on some doctrinal variants that we never even allowed the spirit to have the demonstration of the move of God in the church. And, and you know, what God wants to do is he wants us to read the word and then he wants us to get out of the way. He wants to demonstrate right there and then at the altar where people have a transformative experience. They are transformed. They are set free by the blood of the Lamb. They are pulled out of darkness. They are pulled out of a life of addiction. They're pulled out of depression. There is an answer. There is something available. There is a true God. This is the reality of our world. But are we going to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ in the joy that is available to us, in the peace that passes understanding, in the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage? Or are we going to continue to sling mud at each other and be in this place? of vitriol, anger, and yes, hate. And I'm not talking about social justice warrior hate. I'm talking about demonic hate. There's an anger and we can't, some of us can't even describe where it even comes from. We don't even know where it comes from. All we know is it's there. Maybe, maybe we needed to have this conversation today. Maybe we needed to have this conversation to realign. Look, I'm not mad at you, that's for sure. And I don't think God's mad at you either. If you have been doing this, just just course correct. Let me get back on focus now. Whatever that person said online, they're going to have to deal with God for it. Whatever that person did at that church that you left or somebody hurt you somewhere, just forgive them. You know what? Not for, for them, but for you. Because the enemy wanted to distract you and wanted to get you off course and off kilter so that you wouldn't be doing what you're purpose to do. But friends, the hour's late and we're in a war. And we need all hands on deck. We need, this is time to get off the bench. It's the two minute warning, okay? And so we can't continue forward with this infighting. Look, at first, I know a lot of people kind of liked it. Oh, wow, he's calling him out. Great, it's awesome. And you know what? Sometimes it does need to happen. I believe that. I believe there's times where we do need to call folks out. As I've said several times throughout this broadcast, but I'm just going to say this. That's not where we live. Again, that's not where we live Now we're realizing that, you know what, a lot of this is causing disunity. People are getting hurt. They're getting slandered online. And that's not right either. And so the deal is, is that especially over doctrinal variances, things that people have been arguing since the beginning of Christianity, it's not going to be solved. I wish it was. People say, well, it will. No, it won't. It won't be solved in our generation. It's not going to be solved. These things are going to continue to be fought over from a theological standpoint, and we will probably never know until the day we're with Jesus exactly what God would want to say on this. I have a theory, you have a theory, but sometimes you're going to understand it better by and by. But in the meantime, we're in a war. So it's time to get our hearts right, to understand the battle at hand, to stop being distracted, and to start looking towards Jesus Christ, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He commissioned us to be soul winners. He commissioned us to go and make disciples. If we would spend just as much time as we did on social media as making disciples, this world would be changed. He wants the church to be soul winners. He wants us to be disciple makers. He wants us to go, go out, cast out, and drive out. He wants us to be the ecclesia. He wants us to be the church. We're the blood-bought church. We're the church victorious. So I want to pray with you before we go today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that I made sense today in what I was saying. I pray that what what was said here today bears witness in the spirit of every believer, and I pray that we would unify because there's no atheists in the foxhole. We're in a war, but we're on the winning team, Lord. So I pray everybody that's listening right now would be empowered, strengthened in their faith, encouraged, ready for the battle at hand, that this would be a season of go. We would go out, we'd cast out, we'd drive out. We'd become disciple makers and soul winners. We'd have the joy of your Holy Spirit. It would be our strength that we'd have the love. We are known by our fruit, we're known by our love, Lord. And that we would witness the greatest end time harvest of souls in the history of the world before you return. If not now, when? If not us, who? If not here, where? Now is the time. Hallelujah. My website is pastortod.org, pastortod.org. We also have a new app in the App Store. Please download it. We bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name.